We are live. And we, have, and we have a special guest tonight. Would you like to say hello? <laughs> oh, are you going to tell everybody hi? So this is Sonny. He is the newest addition to our family. And this is, his, he is, this is his playtime at night. So, <laughs> silly boy. All right. So, hello, everybody. Hello, Marcy. Hello, Dee. <laughs> oh, gosh. He's going to be chirping the whole time we're, we're talking. Oh, goodness. Um, so, I don't know if anybody is here. Um, we are going to roll the, we're kind of a little scatterbrained today. So I'm going to go ahead and roll the beautiful bean footage that is, I didn't even do the countdown. This is so how out of it I am. Trail and get ourselves a little situated. Welcome to Umbrella Rebellion. I'm Marcy. And I'm Dee. We are finding healing after leaving a cult. We will be discussing abuse and personal experience with the ATI, IBLP, and fundamental churches. Trigger warning. This podcast may contain descriptions of various forms of abuse. Please take care for your safety and well-being while you are listening. If the content becomes too much for you to handle, please turn this off. We hope to expose harmful teachings that lead to and justify abuse. With the hope that those that are experiencing abuse can find support and escape from it. Okay. okay. I, I have I have gotten rid of our or no, noisy um special guest. <laughs> He's just sitting next to me with Noah on on Noah's shoulder now. Oh, so yeah. It's it feels like it's been forever since we did this. I know, right? But it's really only been one month. But <laughs> so much has happened since then. Yes, life has been very hectic and busy. So, um yeah, I, you know, I have hardly even like kept up with any of the like goings on on social media or anything like I've just literally been so busy. Yeah, no, I haven't either. Um, this has been daily survival here. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Just work and kids and kids and work. Mm -hmm. Yep. Same here. <laughs> <laughs> occasional put out an occasional fire here or there for other things but yes yeah i know after like spending days recording with each other it felt so weird to like hardly talk to each other for like a whole month <laughs> yes we're like wait a minute what's been going on with you <laughs> <laughs> like i really haven't been able to... i know man um yeah so I don't even like, I'm just so today has been just one of those days that, um, I think it would be called a mental health challenge day, <laughs> <laughs> which, you know, kind of goes along with the, you know, mental health series we've been doing lately. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So life can get overwhelming very, very easily. And that's kind of how I've been living for I don't know. I think I've been living like that for 11 years, but, or maybe <laughs> even more, but <laughs> lately it seems to be even worse. So. Oh, camera. Oh, I don't know what happened. 
I know. Hold on. It said camera off. I don't know why it did that by itself. Hmm. You want to try and maybe refresh the page? Yeah. Let me Excuse us. Technical difficulties. Yeah. Oh, man. How is everybody doing? The, the whole couple of people who are, are here with us. Please tell us hi. Tell us where you're from. Give us a, a introduction to your to your presence. And an idea for the video. And yeah, and an idea for our topic to discuss tonight because we really didn't talk about. Hey, what are we going to talk about? We really didn't. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even we didn't even get to catch up properly. Like what's been going on in your life or anything like that. Not even not even one sentence on what tonight would be. No, it's like oh, you're here. Just, okay, <laughs> let's make sure we have like, everything. I can't make it. I will be there. I promise. <laughs> so I feel like we're just swooshing in and being like, okay, we're here. <laughs> hell, hell or high water. Right? <laughs> yes. Oh, man. So does anybody have any suggestions for what we can talk about tonight? Y'all, Have y'all been watching the episodes? Where are y'all at in our seasons? Have you caught up with the mental health series yet? How are y'all liking the new schedule where we do uh, two recorded sessions a month and then the once a month live? Give us your feedback. We're we're not going to change anything because we can't. But <laughs> we do want to know your opinion. It doesn't change anything for now. If, if things yes, if life gets a little less busy and y'all rather the weekly recorded uh episodes you know once life settles down we can uh possibly change to that in the future but i don't see that happening in the next six months probably unfortunately yes so you just have too much going on i'm still trying to build a business so i'm uh, about six months into this new business venture so yeah and i have a new <laughs> I have a new like little endeavor that I'm I'm looking into. So that's kind of booking up a lot of my time as well. So it's booking oh. up all of my editing time. Ah, yes. Well, good luck with that. That sounds yeah. exciting. I get to go on vacation next week. So I'm in the midst of trying to do all kinds of work stuff and then also get ready for that. Why is it always more work to go on vacation? It just, there's I don't know. Because <laughs> we're not rich enough to, to, you know, have somebody else plan our vacations for us? Yes, well, actually, uh, mine was planned. Like, I didn't have to do any of part of the planning. The, the planning that I'm having to do is just the, the who takes care of who here. Right. <laughs> like who has the animals and who, who, right. has the, who has the business and who has the children and, you know, all of that. <laughs> yeah, that is kind of a lot of things to, to make sure are covered. Yeah. So, but, but I didn't it, have to worry about the vacation itself. So that was kind of nice. That's true. not that's not normally the norm, right? right? Well, that's going to be nice mm -hmm. once you get to vacation that you can be like, yes. okay, well handled. I can enjoy it now. Hopefully, yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. All I have to do is show up. Yeah. Oh man, I could use one of those. Even just a a weekend, like a whole weekend of just like show up and like enjoy a few things and relax. That'd be cool. <laughs> Yes, this is this is highly unusual for me. This is, this is the first time in a long time. Yeah, 
Um, I don't think I've ever been on a vacation that I didn't plan myself. I, I don't so. think I have either. I, I think I was solely responsible for it. This is very, very weird. <laughs> What's that? Oh, well, I mean, I still had to plan where we were going to go to evacuate for the hurricane. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that counts as vacation. And I was trying to navigate running away from a hurricane and working still. So, you know, that was fun. Wasn't yes. a vacation for me, maybe for everybody no. else, but yes. Oh my That's God. always the way it goes though for mamas. It's hardly, yeah. hardly a, yeah. No, and it would just pass the, the one year anniversary from Ida. So, and I don't know how many years, uh, 17 years since Katrina. Yeah. So. Wow. Has it been that long? It doesn't seem that. Wow. Yes. My child just turned 17 and he was born just a few months before. Uh, <laughs> Katrina. So, yeah, wow. he was, I think, six months old at that time. So. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I think kind of I think that's one of the reasons I've been off lately is because there's a lot of things that happened in my life about a year ago that um, were pretty traumatic. And so I have a lot of those memories. And then when we were evacuating for Ida, we were all having PTSD from Katrina. So yeah. it's yeah. like trauma on top of trauma on top. You know, it's like, could <clears throat> could we just not have any more hurricanes on that date? I just, yeah. <laughs> we've had enough we've had enough we've had enough so isn't um, that funny how the body keeps score on the date i've I've noticed that myself with um with trauma that that the the i'll be like why am i feeling this way that this particular day it it may be far enough removed that i don't re remember that at the moment that that was the day it was but then it'll hit me and i'll be like oh this is why i'm off today <laughs> yeah. my body's just Keeping score with this. <laughs> yeah. And I found like this past week, my body was anticipating the anniversary of something because it knew it was because it was the, I knew it was the anniversary of Ida. And I knew shortly thereafter, this other thing happened that was pretty traumatic. And so I was like, oh man, that's coming up. And so it's like the anxiety of the anniversary coming up is mm -hmm. just really, really hard. So mm -hmm. I agree. So, yeah. I, I remember it being hard when, when I would remember, like it, I would anticipate it. So if I, I would work up to it and then it would be hard that day. And it, because it was so uh, just vivid because it was, you know, just within a short amount of time. And then it surprised me within a long amount of time where my brain had finally got to the point where it wasn't, you know, marking that day anymore. Like there had been enough time where I was just like, it doesn't, it's just a normal day now. But then my body would still react that way, even if my brain wasn't saying, this is the day. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Funny. It's, yeah. I, I do don't want to, we had talked about this when we were together, is um that book, what was the name of that book? The score? The Body Keeps yeah. the Score? Mm -hmm. Body Keeps Count? Or is it score? Or, or maybe it is a count. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if anybody knows the title of the book, please put it in the comments. But that's definitely a book that we want to read and cover on the channel eventually. So it's definitely something 
you know, it's something to talk about the trauma that we've experienced, but the, the next step is trying to recover and heal from the trauma. And part of that is being able to identify what happens to you when you experience trauma, when you remember trauma. And I mean, there's a lot of things that affect our brain, you know, physically and mentally and affects our brain physically. Yeah. (laughs) It is the body keeps the score brain, mind and body and healing of trauma by Bessel van der Kolk. Bessel van der Kolk. Does that sound right? That sounds familiar. Yeah. Pioneering research from one of the world's foremost experts on traumatic stress offers a bold new paradigm for healing trauma. <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah. That's so, the only one I want to read. Yes. Um, so let's talk. I mean, since we're kind of talking about trauma and remembering trauma, and we've been talking about mental health. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, get a get a cockatiel. They'll make you laugh. <laughs> That's my, what are you doing? Star Wars sound. Oh, Star Wars sound effects. Oh. oh. <laughs> well, here, I am. Uh, I'm sporting it with him. <laughs> Star Wars. So, um. So let's talk about some of the things that we've done to, uh, I guess, process our trauma and try to heal from it. So I know in the future we are going to talk about. <laughs> just a noisy bird. <laughs> I was wondering how this was going to work with him in here. <laughs> um, so we are going to have an episode where we talk about therapy and stuff like that. Um, uh, there I there I go with the ums. <laughs> we had a it is review. what it is. <laughs> we had a review on the Apple Podcast that I uh, don't put your foot on that. I'm sorry that I say um too much and I interrupt Marcy. <laughs> I'm just like because my brain is just mush. Sorry, guys. And remember what I need to say. Well, I was telling somebody else quite often when we are doing this, when where those recordings come from, it is late at night, and we've we've worked, we've been working at the day for sixteen hours already. So it, it, you know, we're we're tired. Our brains are not working on full capacity. (laughs) So they're just not going to pull up words as fast as we need them to. No, I guess I have to keep that in mind is we're always tired brained. And then we're also talking about stuff that's hard. And so yeah, when you're tired and you're talking about stuff that's hard, it's even harder to like get through it sometimes mentally. So, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm glad you said that to me because I was like, well, yeah, I know I say um a lot and it, you'd be surprised how many ums I edit out. <laughs> I have a program. That does the transcription, and then I tell it to take all the ums out, and I'm like, 230 ums. Whoops. <laughs> so just imagine if I didn't edit the majority of them out. It would be crazy. <laughs> okay, that's great. 
Oh man. So anyway, um, think something new that I I've heard about it. I guess I really didn't understand it, and somebody kind of walked me through what it was recently, and I was like, wow, I really needed that. Is grounding, and it was something that yes. I've heard about a lot. And it's using the five senses to pull yourself out of the stress or anxiety or remembering the trauma, whatever it is that's happening, and to bring you back into the present. So the way this person was describing it to me was like putting your feet on the ground, taking a deep breath, and just either closing your eyes and like um, picturing where you are feeling where you are or like a lot of people do the like picture the safe place right that you feel the safest um and then like acknowledge what you're smelling you know um and then i guess you can't really do taste unless you're eating or drinking something at the time but yeah. um just aware you know just aware of you know your senses mm -hmm. i guess and then taking the deep breaths which just taking deep breaths can really help a lot but i found that putting my feet on the ground mm -hmm. and especially I'm, i don't wear shoes ever unless i have to i'm just one of those people that don't like shoes <laughs> and so feeling like the carpet underneath my feet and like you know even rubbing it a little bit and getting that sensory input kind of helps pull me out of where I am feeling overwhelmed or stressed or stuff. So that's something that I was aware of, but I wasn't, I hadn't really gotten like into doing it or looking into it or had it presented in a way that I could like implement it. So that, mm -hmm. that's something mm -hmm. that I've, and then I forget to do it sometimes and I'm like, oh yeah, I should have been doing <laughs> Well, I used that at the very, very beginning when I first came out of the abusive situation. We worked on that particular thing a lot uh, because I was um, having PTSD symptoms and I was going somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And so that worked well. That was hard work. I could only do it for maybe for maybe 15 seconds was really hard at the very, mm -hmm. very beginning. Um, and then I got to the point where I could do it for more like 20 seconds and then I could do it for 30 seconds and then I could do it for a little bit longer. Um, so if you can only do it for just a short amount of time at the beginning, that's normal. And um, the, my counselor even said, hey, if, if you're doing it for a longer amounts of time, that's really good progress. And I was like, hey, you're right. That is good progress. Another another tip she gave me that I use a lot still. I don't use the grounding as much anymore. Um, because my brain doesn't take me to the, it doesn't um, black me out, PTSD black me out as much anymore. Um, but my body sensory, like stress, holding stress in or being high anxiety is still there. So she said that she found a scent and it took her a while to find one um, that was calming to her. But for whatever reason, it had like good memories um, connected to it. And it happened to be um, soap like a certain kind of like a dove soap or an Irish spring or something like that. Yeah. I think it might've been dove. And so what she did was she bought a bar of soap for everywhere. She had one in her car. She had one in her purse. She had one in her bedroom. She had one in her kitchen. She just put it everywhere so that if she was having um, a 
an a high anxiety type of reaction or a PTSD moment that she could take, use that sensory part of it to calm her body down. Um, it took me a long time to figure out what scent was calming to me. Smells. Mm-hmm. I, I have like the nose of a hound. It just smells everything. So <laughs> I don't like, like I have to be, I'm real picky about smells. Anyway, I found a particular scent at Bath and Body Works that was calming to me. And so mm-hmm. I bought lotion and I bought body spray, and bought, mm-hmm. um, whatever they had in it. I bought it. And then I, for a long time, I kept it in my car and I, I still keep one beside my bed. It helps me to calm to sleep since that's still a struggle. Sleep is still a struggle. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I'll put it on my hands or I'll put it in my hair, on my a pillow. So it smells mm-hmm. like that. That's so calming. Um, yeah. And then they decided to discontinue the scent. And I was like, oh, no, you don't. So then mm. I bought like 10 bottles like <laughs> for another three years. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was, I think, like lavender was that for me. But for some reason, my brain's going, I need some butterscotch candy. Because <laughs> it reminds me of my great grandma. Mm-hmm. And um I really enjoyed hanging out with her and we would do like crossword puzzles and um, lots and lots of Scrabble and stuff. And so, yeah, I'm like, I I need some butterscotch in my life, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Sensory thing. We had to ground yourself. I definitely think that sensory input is something that helps me for sure, which makes sense because I have a kid who's a sensory seeker. So, um, mm-hmm. if you are so distracting, you too. <laughs> it's not your I think fault. It also just brings oh, your body on. back. Okay. It just brings your body back to to the present because a lot of times those PTSD or trauma responses are taking you away to the event, and it just brings your body back to where you are now. That you are safe now in this moment, and it just makes your body say, "Oh, I'm here. I'm not there. I'm here." And the reality here is that I'm safe right in this moment. Sorry, the, the bird flew off my son's arm and into the wall. So I was just checking no. out. Because he did. Yes, we had no more injuries. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. Oh, it's a little chaotic. So life kind is, of life is, my life. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Um, so I, I totally was not fully listening to you. I'm sorry. So what That's were you okay. talking it was, about? it was for those listeners. Um, oh, I was just saying that, that if, when you ground yourself, it take, keeps you in the present moment, it brings you back to the present moment because your brain is taking you somewhere else. So it brings you back here because, and reminds you that you're safe right now at this moment in time. Um, yeah, I, I think that's why it helps me with the anxiety because the anxiety just keeps going and going and the thoughts don't stop with the ADHD. It's like the, the anxiety ADHD spiral of the what ifs and mm-hmm. the catastrophic thinking. And yeah, so yeah, and my, yeah my ADHD is like, well, if I plan for every event that could happen, then I'll be ready and then I won't be overwhelmed when a, B, C, D, E, F, or H, K, L, M, N, O, P happens, you know, so I have all of the contingency planes and then none of it happens. And I'm like, oh, now I got to figure out how to do it now. And it's like, why didn't I just let it happen? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, 
plan what I'm going to do if this, 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 or this happens, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. I do, I do the same thing. And I also did that with the, oops. Uh, Tracy Riggs says, I have the worst timing. Again, I didn't notice you were on. What's the topic? <laughs> We've just been talking about mental health. Um, but if you have a topic that you would like to talk about, we also opened it up for suggestions so that we could, because we really didn't have a plan for tonight. So that just happened to be what we landed on. But if you have something, please share. Yeah. So if you, you know, once the recording is over, you can go catch up. We were talking about trauma and how we've tried to heal and some of the techniques that we use to help us cope and stuff like that. Like we were just talking about grounding and stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, let's see. We So we just, what was the last time? What was the last video that we did? I don't even remember now. Um, I, don't, I don't, I'm so behind. I didn't even know. I didn't even know which one we had posted last. Yeah, I think it was, mm, yeah, his brain's not recognizing, uh, the financial abuse. So we ah, just okay. posted the financial abuse one. Mm-hmm. So that, um, I think that one was the one that made me realize the most of what was happening in my life was the financial abuse checklist, because I didn't even really consider that that could actually be abusive. Like you, Mm -hmm. you could abuse people with finances like that just didn't even register Mm -hmm. in my head as one of the abuses. Right. So, and I think it's very important for us to, to talk about all of this stuff because there really isn't a whole lot of talk about it in the religious circles, in the cult circles of, you know, the line between a leader versus a controlling abusive person, right? There's a line. Yeah. And you know, that's really not discussed. I don't think I've ever heard a preacher ever talk about anything other than physical violence as abuse. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think there was any other type of abuse. And I thought that the the very small amount of physical abuse that I was experiencing, I didn't think it counted because it didn't leave a mark. Mm. Except for the last time. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm. I didn't realize there were so many and that I was a victim of almost all of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. It really is... Um... It really is eye-opening once you put that checklist and read through it and, you know, see where some of those things apply in your life. And then I think now I find it important to make sure I'm not crossing that line with any of the people in that I'm in charge of in relationships mm-hmm. with, you know. Um, I think that sometimes as we grow older and have relationships with our parents, sometimes it can be hard to also draw those lines in that relationship where we're not turning what happened to us onto our parents and using that to manipulate them as well. Now that like, okay, well you were abusive to me when I was a kid or when I was a young adult. And now I'm going to use what you did to me 
to manipulate our relationship now because I'm going to be vindictive or, you know, you know, you deserve to be hurt too or something, you know, I think that's important to talk about too as well, but it's also, they have to be safe people too, right? To be in a relationship Um, with you. Yeah. I mean that, I think that's where boundaries come in really heavily. Uh, She says, I've always wondered why I reacted to the way I did about my past until I realized the emotional abuse can also be devastating. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. (sighs) Sorry. Next. Nick was quirky. Oh, I just went to the chiropractor today. I was like, she's like, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm ready to be here today. (laughs) It's that day. I'm I'm ready. (laughs) I can feel it. I need it. So, um, yeah, man, my brain is just really, really, all all of a sudden you went out of focus. That's weird. I did? Yeah. And you're really Hmm. bright again. Your camera's having a hard time focusing, maybe. It is. Let's see if this helps. You want to get... You want to come say hi to me? Come on, come say hi to everybody. There he is. <laughs> yeah, it's the pretty little sunny bird. Hmm. You want to you want a cat call? You want to show oh. him your tricks? <laughs> <laughs> so she was talking about the emotional abuse. Yes, emotional abuse can be just as devastating as anything else. And, and I would, I would venture to say for me, it was one of the more devastating ones, the emotional abuse. Yeah, I would. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't it trust. It does. I, I mm-hmm. didn't. I mean, all of, all of the abuses obviously break the trust, but I think yeah. it, it affects you on a level of affecting your personality, mm-hmm. right? Like the, yeah. the emotional and um verbal abuse kind of like changes who you are because you're trying to change yourself to have a different outcome mm-hmm. than what you're receiving right well if maybe if i did this because this makes that person mad and they attack me when i do this maybe if i did it differently and it slowly changes who you are and you lose yourself and I think that's trust yourself either. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I talked over you. Um, it makes you lose trust in yourself too. So not only you're just losing, you can't trust yourself either. Like your own mind and your own decisions. Right. Because everything that you do is questioned by somebody else and ridiculed or, you know, you're demeaned by everything that you do. So yeah, it's, it's very, destructive mentally you know where in and having never experienced you know physical abuse you know i've heard a lot of people say that you know the physical wounds heal Mm -hmm. and the the mental wounds take so much time energy and effort to undo like it's you have to almost rewire your brain you do have to rewrite your brain. Yeah, you're right, <laughs> yeah. you're right. 
Yes, you really, really do. Mm -hmm. Tracy, really I never thought about that. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, you do have to remember. It's taken. So, okay. So I've been, I got out of the abusive relationship uh, five years ago. So we're coming up on six in December. And I just now feel like I've started to be able to um, uh, not have as many consequences from that. Like it's not, um, it's not part of my everyday life where I'm having to deal with something about it. Yeah. We have finally gotten back to normal or I finally worked through enough of the trauma mentally that it's not an ever present, always, you know, right there that I still get triggered all the, you know, quite often, but it's not a constant thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> living on you. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> so it's time for my scratches. I'm 54 and it's only been the last few years that I realized my family doesn't listen to me. Are you talking about, you know, like kids, spouse, parents, um, anybody in your family doesn't? Okay, dude. Okay. I'm trying. I don't know. Can you get him? He's attacking me. Hold on. I'll be back. Okay. <laughs> So I think she was asking, like, <clears throat> children or a spouse, or are you talking about extended family? Parents Parent, and brothers. Brothers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm. You know, I think it takes time to re, I guess, well, first establish boundaries, right? If you're in a relationship that is not healthy, to be able to establish the boundaries, number one. And then number two, to get them to realize that they're not listening to you. But sometimes you can't do that. And it's just one of those things where the relationship isn't going to possibly ever become a safe relationship. And you just have to make a boundary of, okay, in this relationship, what am I willing to deal with? You know, um, you would hope that people would eventually get to the point where they would want to listen to you and your side of the story. But there's just some people that have no interest in how they affect you. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, my sis a sibling and I, my sister and I were talking about this just the other day and um, how hard it is to make the decision about where you want a relationship to go. If you realized that a family relationship wasn't exactly what you thought it was, you know, and you, how do you work on those boundaries and how do you come to terms with what the relationship is going to be? So you want it, you thought it was here, you want it to be here when actually it's over here and really probably it's not going to change from right here. So you, you, mm -hmm. she was, we were talking about backtracking and having to be okay with it being just that way, that it's not going to change um, mm -hmm. at all. And that the expectations aren't going to be met. The hopes and dreams of that relationship ever being better or different it aren't going to happen, that it just is what it is. And how hard that's kind of a death. It's, it, there's some grief that goes yeah. with that. Um, <clears throat> and um, I've had to do that several times with several different relationships after coming out of the cult 
where mm-hmm. uh, where I just had to come to terms with um, that it, it just is what it is that I can talk about weather and I can talk about my kids and I can talk about a few other things and that's really all that's that's all that's on yeah. the table um, and any anything further than that it can't go any deeper than that. <laughs> Right. It's not going to be an intimate friendship where you can share your hopes and dreams and stuff like that. Tracy says says, it took my amazing fiance to validate what I've been figuring out for a few years about that. You made perfect sense. So thank you. Uh, One of the best things my last therapist taught me was that my family would never change exactly what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, it's just, there are some people that it does not matter what you do, doesn't matter what boundaries you put in place, they're not going to respect them. And, or, you know, they'll try to manipulate you more, or it's just, it's like one of those things where you have to accept them for who they are and realize that they are not interested in creating a healthy dynamic between you. And I think that's where it boils down to. I think for a long time that I felt like that if I could just explain it well enough, if I could just explain the truth that they were missing well enough and clear enough and like with better language or better analogies or better uh, proof that they would listen to me and they, they just cannot see it. They, they, they can't, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what I uh, put in front of them. It, or, or how I say it, it's not going to change their minds. It, it doesn't matter how you present the truth. It, they're not going to take it. And that was a hard lesson to learn as well. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, just some people are resistant to hearing anything other than their own ideas and mm-hmm. beliefs, you know? Yeah. Or they're just so enmeshed in them that they just can't um, imagine thinking anything else. And they're probably not open to therapy either, which would help them. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> or if they are, it's only a specific kind of therapy. Right. <laughs> that won't be helpful at all. Uh, Tracy says, one time I let it slip at a family meal that I am an addict. And I had a brother who looked at me and said, no, you're not. Oh, really? Wow. Denial. Wow. That's, that's big oh. denial. So many comebacks that I didn't go to me till later, right? I know. I always think about the best things to say, like, three hours later. Yes. Yes. When I'm driving home. I should have said this. (laughs) It can be so snarky if you'll give me about 10 minutes to think about it or maybe 15. And by then, the moment's gone. There's very, like, if I feel comfortable with a person, I can have quippy comebacks, like, with my my husband, you know? And it's funny, because we try and, like, one-up each other when we're we're playing, and he's like, okay, you got me. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. I'm like, yep. <laughs> I am very, very, very rarely that quick on the draw. <laughs> I have to think about it for a while. Well, the other thing is that I've had so many instances where I've ruined relationships because I've said something that, so a lot of times I'll be like, well, is it really worth saying what I'm thinking? Is this, is this going to be received as sarcasm and playing, or is this going to, um, 
you know, be received as, you know, an attack or, you know, and ruin mean. Yeah. 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 Cause I can be mean in my snarky, sarcastic way. (laughs) And the, the best was, well, I've been spending a lot of time at 12 step meetings for nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I don't know why I'm wasting hours of my my days doing this or weeks or whatever yeah oh man that's just you know i just don't understand why other people don't or i guess why other people try to discount somebody else's truth right like if i'm saying Mm -hmm. this is something about me and i share it you know and then they're like well no that's not true i mean i can understand if like you had a negative outlook on yourself or if you kind of were being down on yourself and like well no i don't think that's true but when you're like hey i've dealt with this like if i said hey i was in a cult and i have a lot of you know baggage from it and be like no you weren't okay (laughs) like (laughs) i don't know how you can deny that because i'm sitting here telling you my experience but you know that's kind of what i'm thinking about right now (laughs) from that discussion I think with family, um, I have noticed, or or even one of the things that my counselors had told me one time was that um, if you're trying to change generational, um, you know, baggage or trauma or, or um, whatever, then you can, that, that everybody's like, everybody's dysfunctional, right? So everybody's, let's just say they're bending over halfway. So everybody's bending over halfway and you're trying to, to stand up. You're trying to get healthy. You're trying to actually ha- have truth there and everybody's gonna say no 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 you're messing up our our vibe everybody is um, supposed to be like this you're supposed to be dysfunctional you can't be functional up here that's not like us it doesn't work with our dysfunctionality right here so you know put your head back down put your head back down and that was one of the that was one of the, like a light bulb moment for me was oh, that yeah. i was trying to i was trying to get healthy i was trying to stand up and i was saying no and they were saying put your head back down because this doesn't work with our system. Mm-hmm. Step in line, right? Yeah. So denial, uh, yeah. it can quite often come up like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I some people just have to have control of the narrative in their own heads, I guess. And or it I'm makes like, them have to face things that they don't want to face. They have to face the truth that they, they would have to admit to something that they don't want to admit. And yeah. painful or or too guilty or too shameful or whatever they just don't want to do it because it affects them too right so. right that's very good point marcy thank you mm-hmm. i like that i like that so I, I did briefly see there was some more news of some more people getting in trouble for more bad things that they were doing to children so I follow mm-hmm. Preacher Boys podcast, and so there was a couple posts that he made this week, and I was like, ah. So I'm glad they're like exposing it. I'm glad it's getting out there, but it's like, man, is this ever going to stop? Are churches ever going to get to the point where they're just like, hey, we shouldn't be abusing children? Mm-hmm. I, I just. What is it going to take for this stuff to stop in churches? Just makes me, ugh, makes me so sick. Uh, Tracy, I needed to hear this so much. I had to take my 
wedding back from my family and still have to fight to keep it my wedding. Oh man, that's such a terrible, terrible thing. I, I just can't even imagine trying to control someone else's day. No. And you're, and you're in your fifties and they're trying to take over your day. Like, I don't know. That's just so very not okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the words are not coming. Like, I don't they are know. not let you. <laughs> so many words I want to <laughs> say, but I can't say right now. <laughs> They're not let you individualizing. They're they're wanting it to be a group group effort. Not that was another thing for me was that it, that that the individuality was not allowed, and therefore you you couldn't make your own decisions. It had to be a group decision. Everybody had mm -hmm. to agree, and therefore they had to control you that way. And and. You could, it couldn't just be for you and they couldn't just be happy with you, you know, having your own thing. <laughs> that's still a struggle sometimes. Well, that's a very good point, Tracy. Treating women like equals would be a start for church change. You no are kidding. Yes. You got no it. Kidding. Definitely. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah. I, um, so many things I could say on that one. Oh, that's <laughs> you know I've I've actually um been thinking about and I pro it probably won't happen anytime soon because I'm just so busy and I had to change my schedule to where I was working on Sundays now and I really do want to go try and find a church that is LGBTQ plus friendly and just welcomes everyone because I feel like that's the only kind of church I could actually go to because I couldn't sit in a church that didn't support that. Mm -hmm. And um, so I do have a friend that says she did find one that's near me. And one of these days I'm going to not have to work on Sundays and <laughs> I'll be able to go visit and check it there out. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Cause I just, I, ca I can't do the Southern Baptist. I can't do the independent fundamental. I can't do the charismatic Christian churches. Some of the ones that are around here, I can't do Catholic. I just, none of it fits where I'm at and mm -hmm. my walk. And, but I really like, I do miss the community, even though most of it was fake, you know, I miss it too. Mm-hmm. You know, and just having somebody you can call on sometimes and be like, hey, can you come over and just hang out with me? So yeah. we went, um, <clears throat> we went to church. Uh, we didn't go this last week, but the week or two before that, and we got there and, and it, they started a whole new series on mental health. And I was like, well, what do you know? <laughs> this is really good. I want to see what he has to say, because I was sitting I there and the people saying, okay, I'm ready to be offended. Just go ahead and spit it out. Because I just know you're going to say something that, that I don't agree with, with like, you're going to tell them that it's all God or something like that. And it's not in your, it's, you know, it's all in your head and you just need to have more faith or whatever. That is not at all what he did. I was, oh. I came out of there being like, okay, I'm not, I'm not offended. Uh, no, I'm not. He said all the right things. I'm really, really shocked. Not sure how I feel about this. Right. <laughs> Because I was getting ready to march myself out because I just was sure that he was going to say it right. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's like, now I got to get myself right with Jesus, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry. 
What did I do? But what I really loved about it was that he he put it in such a way that he said, you know, you need to get a therapist. You need to seek help. You, you meds are okay. Um, years and years and years of struggles okay. But I can't speak to any of that. I can tell you what my colleagues really smart colleagues that have been in it for years say. So I'm going to give you what they say. And then I'm going to tell you what the Bible says. And so he only really spoke on what his area of expertise was, but he gave you, um, he cued you into what you should be thinking about or where you should seek help. Mm. And so um, I thought that that was really cool that he didn't try to explain any of those things. He just, he gave you a nutshell and said, uh, you know, this is what you need to think about. This is what you need to think about. And this is how it ties into scripture. And so uh, that's cool. I was, I was, yeah, I was someone I was impressed. I cool. saw something pop up. What was the. Oh, I actually know, hit the night, not the night comment. Oh. <laughs> I, was trying to, I was trying to pull up Tracy's uh, comment. Part of it is that I'm a woman in my family. It was a big revelation when one time, let's see. Um, I said something that my brothers ignored and then my fiance said the same thing and they agreed with him. Oh, I hate, yes. that. I hate that. Oh, I hate that. It happens all the time in my family, especially with my dad. Yeah. Mm. If, if, if I say it, it doesn't mean a thing. If a male says it, then he's like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, then it's fine. I'm like, <laughs> no. It's like that whole thing of suggesting it and then be like, it's a great idea. But great idea. <laughs> Oh man, I, you know, I think that's one of the best things about being where I was when I met Jeremy and having processed a lot of the trauma and worked through a lot of it and kind of found myself again is that seeing how he responded to me when I spoke and that he did listen to me and if we had a disagreement that we were able to even if we got upset about it right and we had a little heated conversation we always came back to the point where we could give and take in that moment and be like okay this is what you need this is what i need you know and it's like not being um who jeremy is my my husband he's my um we got married. It's been almost five years now. So, mm -hmm. um, and it feels like the longest, shortest five years of my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I can't believe it's been five years. Oh my God. It's been five years. It's been so, <laughs> so much has happened in the last five years. For us. You really have had a lot to happen in five years. <laughs> Like I could probably write a book of just everything that's happened to my life. And it'd be like, Wow. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. I don't remember if I've shared this before, but I we just recently um I was saying to my sisters that uh that my parents hadn't been around a whole lot. And I because they're over here all the time because I'm the only one with big grandbabies and stuff like that. And they were over all the time. In fact, so much that I couldn't get them to go away sometimes. Like yeah. they give us some space. Okay. So um they just poof all of a sudden disappeared. It was like they haven't been around, but they've been kind of busy. So maybe that's why I didn't really think about much of it. Right. But just that it was odd. And my sister said, well, Marcy, it's because you, you have a guy now. And I said, what? And she said, it's because you have a, a guy. He's, he's taking care of you. 
And so they don't need to be over there to take care of you anymore. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. But you're right. Like light bulb. They think they consider me taken care of now because I have a guy. And I was like, what do you think I've been doing for the last few years all by myself? Like, like, okay, we can back off now. Somebody else is going to handle it. Yes, like I just needed a male in my life to take care of me. And and he does such a lovely job of taking care of me. He does. That's wonderful. He's amazing. But um, but not in a way that they don't do not and not in that way. He just in a like a help, like a partnership way. All right. A, a, a true partner that is there yes. to yes. help you and be with you and alongside of you. Yeah. Yes. But my parents, um, 1950s, gotta be, you know, we can she's she's good to go now. We don't have to worry about her anymore. Yeah, they're probably like, well, we don't have to help as much, so we can have a break now, right? Yes, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> my grandparents also moved into town, and they had been extremely busy oh, caring for yeah. them. But at the same time, yeah, there's yeah, it's it was, it's it was two, twofold of kind us, of reason. All of us feminist sisters had a had a good laugh over it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I write for the SBC paper and one of my biggest, biggest personal goals is to spread the truth about mental health. That's wonderful. I love that. I'm trying to get an article about LGBTQ approved by the editor in chief right now. Wow. Awesome. Ooh, way to go. I really wish you all the luck and send in all the prayers for that. So that'll be amazing. Definitely send us a link to it. Uh, if it does, or, you know, just send us a link to what you write and we'll definitely um, share it for sure. Um, let's see. Earlier in the conversation, I asked this, do either of you have people who really get you and understand when you have needs that neurotypical don't typically have? Uh, yeah, Marcy. <laughs> I think Marcy person for me. Now, um, I also have a sister who we I think our whole family might be on the spectrum somewhere or with different um, neuro spicy or, you know, neurodivergence. So I think she really gets a lot of it. Um, but like, I don't even have to explain things to Marcy. And I'm just like, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, I get it. And I'm like, oh, wait, you know what? I'm sorry. You know, I really didn't think. And she's like, it's fine. I get it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. I speak D. I speak D. It's fine. She does. She does. Oh, I didn't have man. to explain it. I I saw what was happening already. <laughs> yes, and I have, D is one of them, and I have several family members that understand that, and um, and then uh, a couple of different friends that are are very understanding on that on those points. I think Jeremy understands it a lot, but I think some of it he doesn't necessarily always get because he just can't wrap his brain around it, like. Cause it's like, I think a lot of it has to do like with the, the forgetfulness because he forgets nothing. So yeah. <laughs> he understands it, but he doesn't know. You're like, he gets it. Like everybody's not like him, but sometimes he's like, oh my gosh, she forgot again. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I may be I lying on you, honey. You can comment. <laughs> my, my guy, he's extremely good memory and I have a terrible memory. <laughs> That's yeah. hilarious. Oh, let's see. Tracy said, I was a single mom for 15 years and took care of myself, but I moved back in with my parents to help them and they act like I'm 12, right? Yes. <laughs> like once you're under their, uh, under their roof, like they become the child again. I don't, I don't get that. And it surprises me sometimes when I see other parents not reacting that way. Like I've just learned to expect my parents to react that way. 
And it surprises me when when parents can actually have an adult relationship with their child once the child reaches adulthood. I'm like, this is normal. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to navigate that now with a graduated 17 year old who is, you know, trying to move on with his adult life and navigating, you know, where does the mom stop and, you know, the adult to adult relationship began like mm-hmm. it's, it's very because he still lives with me he still depends on me for a lot i had a conversation with him the other day and i was like you know when is it gonna be where you i don't have to remind you to do everything like i get you have adhd i have it too i understand that these are things you need help with but when are you going to put systems in place that you're relying on that's not me and he's like well i have you why do i need to do that i'm like then i'm gonna stop being because <laughs> you're gonna have to figure it out when i'm not here so you might as well start trying to figure it out now yeah you're like oh well that that's our solution right there we're just gonna remove that that crutch right there yes so yeah that's and that's hard to navigate because you don't want them to fail because yeah. you know they need the support, but knowing that they you need to remove it so they have a need to find something of their own yes. that they can rely on that is not you. Yes. <laughs> That's hard as a mom. That's hard as a mom. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was touching up the walls today and my mom came in and tried to tell me how to do it. It's so frustrating. I probably touched up more walls than she ever had. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's in those moments that I'm, I am tempted to snark back at my parents. Like, Yeah, I've done yeah. this before. Fully done it before. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I, I know there are things that if I did it with or in the presence of like my mom, like mm-hmm. I would either need to be able to accept her input and ignore it <laughs> or see if it's something valuable. It's because my, the way I tackle a project is so different than her. And we go about it in such different ways that she can't fathom my process and I can't fathom hers. And it's yes. all been one of those like well why are you doing it that way it's like because that's the Mm -hmm. way it works and i and i try to remember that when i'm dealing like with my own kids like okay Mm -hmm. i'm gonna do it that way but if that works for them you know i need to let them be able to function at their own you know Mm -hmm. pace and stuff so We've had conversations like that as siblings because um, I am absolutely polar opposite to my mother. My mother's very logical person, not very emotional, like just uh, has patterns of doing things, projects that she knows how to do. I'm a very intuitive person, a very empathetic person, a very emotional person. I connect mm-hmm. with people first over a project. So um, my I have other siblings that are more logically minded and not the more emotional sided. So I will go to them and say, okay, I do not understand this. Can yeah. You please like give me some insight. Like why is she, why would she logically do this? And they would say, oh, because her brain is saying that this is how logic works. I'm like, oh, okay. Well now I can understand the logic of it and, mm-hmm. and, and, it, and it makes it less uh, confrontational because I'm getting it from someone else and not my mom. <laughs> yeah. 
So then I can understand her a little bit better. And that doesn't mean I agree with her, but it just means I understand how her brain works. I find if I understand how their brain works and it's just a yeah. brain thing, it's easier for me to give some grace for it. Well, yeah, because it's not personal because it feels mm-hmm. personal until you understand yeah. their <laughs> side of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um as Tracy says, I'm in the same boat with my 23 year old. I wish I had done more of that when she was 17. Well, hey, she's she's 23. It's still, you know, there's still plenty of time for y'all to develop those skills in her young adulthood that, you know, maybe you can avoid some of the pitfalls our parents have done, mm-hmm. you know, or even your own parents have done. And, you know, I think you being aware of it at even her 23 year old, I think that's really great. And that you're working on, you know, having a more adult relationship with her. I think that's awesome. Um, and she probably doesn't try at least in my, Oh wait, hold on. Um, I'm not sure what that was about. Um, I don't know if I missed something. So, um, I think I think we're we're at an hour. I think it is time for us to wrap this up so we can go put our little mushy brains from a long day into bed. <laughs> oh, yes. talking about my mom. Yes. Um, yeah. Right. The mom thing. Sure. Um, so we hope that you will continue to watch our series on mental health. We are um going to have two episodes uh next one next week and one the following week since we had to reschedule our live because marcy's going on vacation (laughs) (laughs) but i'm so excited for her so we will have a recorded session a recorded episode next week the following week and then we'll have a one or two week break and then um i'll put out the schedule for october oh my gosh it's going to be October next month. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm so ready for this time of year. It's going to be so awesome. Oh, I I am very looking forward to fall because I am so hot and tired of sweating. It's not even yes. funny. It's, it's so not even hot. funny. I'm so excited that the heat is going away. My children are so sad. And they're like, it's the last day for the pool. And I'm like, yes, it's the last day for the pool. <laughs> I didn't actually uh, do a happy dance in front of them, but yeah. Right. All right. right. Well, don't forget to subscribe. Subscribe and like and comment and share with your friends and come back next time. And don't forget to join the rebellion. All right, guys. I'll have a great one. Bye.